0: listen what's up everybody so glad you're joining us thank you for listening to the podcast thank you for all your support we're dropping new episodes every month so please stay tuned keep listening and keep subscribing sharing downloading everything that you're doing listen i want you to go to the website www.dearyteacher.com lots of exciting information i have a blog on there i have my book on there that you can order and i have my course on there of the same name, Dear White Teacher, where it's talking about understanding relationships with black and brown students, how to build and maintain them, and so much more. Get to the website now, www.dearwhiteteacher.com. Can't wait to meet you. Can't wait to talk with you. As a matter of fact, we can talk now. Join us on social media at dear underscore white underscore teacher on both Instagram and TikTok. Lots of amazing content. Meet us there. Join us there. Looking forward to it. Welcome everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dear White Teacher. I'm excited. This is our very first uh, virtual podcast. And so uh bear with us on the uh, mistakes if there are any, but uh we're gonna make it fun. Welcome to the show, Miss Jasmine Williams. How you doing today?
1: I am wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to hop right in.
0: No, nah, thank you. I uh I think I told you this. I, I got hit to you uh from John Morgan's podcast, which I was a guest on as well, and I, I got to listen to um, you uh, speak with him, and uh, I was excited. I was like, "Yeah, I have to, uh, I have to link with you." And then I found you on Instagram. And uh, so, tell the people who you are, what you do, tell them about the Urban Edu, all of that.
1: Yeah, so um, as Brandon said, my name is Jasmine Williams. I am the founder of the Urban EDU, um, which is an educational um, consulting firm where we focus on working with educators, teachers, counselors, intervention specialists, working predominantly with students of color. Um, Specifically, we unpack different strategies to be successful with students who are in poverty or have experienced a lot of trauma. Um, And when I'm not working on the Urban EDU, Um, My day job, I am an instructional coach and dean for third, fourth, and fifth grade um, teachers and educators um, in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I work in East Cleveland, Ohio. So to kind of give a background, that is the second highest um, child poverty area in the state of Ohio. Um, And so a lot of my work, um, a lot of my love and drive has really just been born doing my work there. And so, um, like I said, I'm just excited to be here and be in community with you.
0: So, like, it sounds like this poverty angle is a passion of yours. How, how did that come about?
1: Yeah, it is. I feel like um, education has always been a passion of mine. Like, I always have known I wanted to be a teacher. I was that kid that was like playing school and like giving name tags, like, got yeah. some management down early. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, I've always wanted to go into education. Uh, my grandmother is a, uh, is a teacher as well. Um, And so, like I said, it's just kind of in me, but in specific to what you asked, as far as the poverty goes, um, it was when I was an undergrad with my first teaching placement, Um, I was in inner city Toledo and I just realized from my peers who would share their experiences from the suburban and the private schools, I was listening like, wow, you know, that's not at all what I'm seeing. Um, Like what I'm reading in my textbooks is not at all of what I'm seeing in inner city Toledo. And so it kind of had my wheels turning up. What is the gap here? Why aren't we talking more about the differences of inner city education and kind of where can I fit in and so from there it just really drove me to one bring awareness to it but then three figure out how to do it well um and so that's how i kind of got to where i am now
0: so what have you found like with that with that angle um what have you found that the compare i guess not the comparisons but poverty education what are the what are the things that are are diminishing education or you know what what's your focus on that
1: you know, I think the biggest issue is ignoring it. I think that um, mm. a lot of schools, a lot of educators, school leaders, um, they're not they're not looking at it as the real variable that it is. Um, we can't really attack education the same, um, and we hear differentiation all the time. But when you think about it on a larger scale, of like an actual district, a school, um, we cannot attack. A private school classroom the same way that we go about a, a poverty-filled classroom you yeah. know um, yeah. yeah I would say the biggest issue is that we can't we can't act like it's not there
0: <laughs> right right now that's huge and so talk about what what the urban edu does like you you can you you help <laughs> teachers is, is that poverty focused as well
1: absolutely so the urban edu kind of yeah. has a few umbrellas um, one is over instructional coaching um, I think that we—I mean—that's a whole another topic—but instructional coaches kind of get a bad yeah. rep, um, and I just want to kind of help bridge that gap. So we do a lot of instructional coaching, um, especially for alternative, alternatively licensed teachers. We know that that's huge okay. right now, um, so our focus is to kind of you know give them what they need to be successful in the classroom. And we also talk a lot about um, classroom culture. Um, I don't really like the phrase classroom management. I think it, um, it there's even an issue within that. You're not a manager. <laughs> um, you're not like the yeah. it needs a hierarchical kind of vibe to it. I just don't know. Yeah. Do we focus a lot on classroom culture. Um, and then we talk a lot about trauma-informed and poverty-informed as well. And so um, I do different workshops. Um, I've done um, school-wide workshops. I've done individual coaching with just one-on-one. And so really looking at, What does this school need? And then how can we kind of look at instructional coaching, classroom culture and poverty informed learning to just, you know, create a plan for them?
0: So you you keep giving me keywords I want to zone in on. So the first one was uh, trauma informed. Let's talk Mm -hmm. about that. Yes. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. No, I would say when we're talking about being trauma informed, um, I think that there are a lot of educators that are working in school environments and they're not equipped. And, it, and it's not necessarily their fault. I think that a lot of right. schools think because you have a because you're, you have a license, um, because you finished this college program that like you're ready to go in, in any classroom. Um, And again, once again, just going back to the factor of like uh, us ignoring the obvious, um, you have to understand what trauma does to a child's brain to be able to properly set up a school in a classroom. So what I mean by that is, um, let's say that you are somebody who works in a high trauma um, area, students with a lot of trauma. Um, and you have a student, you're like, I cannot get through them. They just don't follow directions. They just don't listen to me. You know, I'm giving them detentions. I'm giving them suspensions and nothing's working. Well, it's probably because you're ignoring the fact that they have a lot of trauma. (laughs) Um, And so you can have the best classroom management in the world, but them being with you five days a week doesn't erase the eight years of trauma that they have. And so we have to really Mm. figure out what trauma does to a child and how does that show up in my classroom? So that way I know how to better address it. Um a lot of teachers yeah. are going to fail because they don't even know what is defiance and what is trauma. And I think a lot of the times they kind yeah. of get together, you know.
0: Yeah. This is so good. Like so so you you actually making me jump ahead further than I want to get to, but you you already there. So this might be this might be quick. I don't know. This is this is good. So look. So one of the things we talk about um, on the podcast often is the things that college does not prepare you for.
2: And Mm -hmm. I I think
0: you're right there with this like this trauma informed, especially when we talk about our black and brown students. And so in your experience going to school, so like where did you go to school at? Like take us through your educational journey leading up to this and then I'll jump into that.
1: OK, so I actually started my journey pretty early. Um, I was in what's called Teachers Prep Academy in high school. Okay. So I started taking um, educational courses um, my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Then from that, I went to Bowling Green State University, which is in a small rural town. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. um, shout out to Bowling Green, <laughs> but it is very small. And so that that kind of gives you a certain lens, too. And then from there, I, I
0: went to Mount union.
1: Ah, so, you know, <laughs> so, you know, that could have prepared me for East Cleveland. It, it's just, it, right. Not that that was there at my time. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. Right. Right.
2: Right.
1: Um, and then after I graduated from Bowling Green, um, I went in the field for a year. And then I went and got my master's from Ursuline College in um, Cleveland, Ohio. And okay. um, that's where I got my master's from. So I would say in those experiences, they um, taught me great things like I can write a, great lesson plan, <laughs> um, you know what I mean? I can differentiate for every level that you could ever yeah. imagine. Um, but when- it comes taught- how to teach. Yes, but they didn't necessarily, they didn't necessarily highlight the differences that show up mm-hmm. in classrooms that are predominantly black. And I think that some of that is intentional and some of it is not, um, but yeah. I do think that structurally, We have to have a clearer path of if you plan to work in urban settings, there are certain courses that need to happen like trauma-informed and psychology courses to really figure out um, because it's a lot more that goes into education than just teaching. And we know that. Um, But I think college courses only really prepare you for the teaching part. And that's where they're falling short.
0: Yeah. So, of course, the, the podcast is called Dear White Teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything we're talking about, though, already it applies. It applies to all teachers, right. but um, I like to focus on that that aspect where um, white teachers who have black and brown students in their classrooms find that relational gap. You know what I mean? So that that same same type of thing you're you're talking about, where we are not taught in college that relationships matter, how to build and maintain authentic relationships, and things like that, and so. Um, if you could speak to that and just in your experience, what you've seen, um, you know, just go ahead.
1: Yeah, I will say, um, a few things. So right now I'm coaching, um, teachers that identify as white. Um, I have worked alongside teachers that identify as white. Um, and so I've, I've seen a lot of different perspectives and I will say that a lot of times, a lot of non-black teachers, um, get lost in the intent um they mean Mm. well and so they think because they mean Mm. well that that's kind of like a check box or they think because like no I'm not racist because my students are black like you know I've I've checked that I'm not racist box and um not really realizing that there's a lot um there's a lot to be said around not being racist um and I think I would say for a lot of white teachers Um, the first thing I was, because when we, when we talk about how white teachers can be successful in the classroom, we immediately run to the classroom and students, but I do think that there's kind of a step before you walk into a school and to a schoolhouse. And I think that, um, the first thing that a lot of, I would recommend non-black teachers do that are working with black students is to really kind of check in with that bias. So what I mean is, are you only friends with white people? Are your media outlets only coming from white people? Are the stories that you're hearing about people of color only coming from white people? Like those are things that um, check into that, check your algorithm. They're going to give you what you like. Spot, like combat that, you know? Um, I think that a lot of times non-white, non-black teachers are only experiencing black culture from the media and that's problematic and so, Be intentional about what you're seeking out and who you're learning from, um, I think is huge. Um, Another thing I would recommend that I see from a lot of, you know, non-black teachers, white teachers, um, they're getting offended very quickly around the relational gap as opposed to pouring into it. They're going around like they just don't like me. And I think it's really yes. easy to fall into like, well, they just don't like me. There's nothing I can do. Well, there's always something <laughs> that we can do. Um, and, you know, being vulnerable, like saying, you know, this is my first time teaching a class that, that you, all, you all don't look like me. And I'm really excited for this experience. Um, this is who I am. Um, who are you? And I think that, you know, really unpacking the idea of like intersectionality and how there's a there's a lot of different characteristics that make you you that make me me um and really getting to the bottom of like who am i what what am i surrounded by and how is that causing a bias for me in my classroom Mm -hmm. um you know i think another thing would be uh stop trying to avoid the topic i think we've been raised so much that. You don't say black and you don't say white and you're not allowed to talk. Yeah. No, we have to move past that as a as a society of like it is OK to say that you are white. It is OK to say that. Yeah. I. It, but yeah. Okay, I um, mean, it should yeah. be celebrated and it, and, it, and it should be talked about. And you should talk about the type of food you eat versus the type of food that I eat, because it's a really beautiful thing. And within the differences, you find a lot of commonality. So I would say don't run away from it. Be OK with being uncomfortable. Um. Because, again, a lot of the teachers that I have worked with, I see a lot of teachers shying away from the race topic. And I think that if you are afraid to talk about race, you probably shouldn't be working with black kids. Oh, yeah. You know, because yeah. it, it how like how can. They,
0: yeah. you know? So so one of the things I, I always say is uh, a lot of teachers go into teaching mm-hmm. um, who maybe came from suburb, suburban areas. Mm-hmm. and they go to school to teach and they want to go back home to teach but suburban areas pay well teachers don't retire quick mm-hmm. so the job opportunities are are not really there which forces them because now I got I'm 21 22 I got school loans I have to get a job right. and now I'm at the I'm at the charter I'm at the the urban you know private school I'm at the urban uh public school <laughs> Um, and they haven't faced that reality of, I'm about to be teaching a demographic that I'm unfamiliar with.
2: Mm-hmm. And college
0: is not setting a light on that at all.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
0: in your experience, like is your your school where you are the dean, is it, is it a predominantly urban uh, demographic?
1: Yes, yes, I'm sorry, I didn't speak to that earlier. Yes, so I teach um, 99% African-American Black students. Um, 99% of them qualify for free lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, We are in the center of East Cleveland. Um, And I would say uh, proudly that our teachers and our educator demographic um, is is close to our students. Um, I would say about 65% of the teachers or staff in the building is um, identified as black. And then the rest identify as white. So there's a nice balance there. Um, But I do, I will say though, that with that, There was a time where I was talking with one of the teachers and she said, "Um, well, I can't say that to them like you or um, they don't respond to me the same way that they respond to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is true. Like, I don't ever want to get on here and act like that. That's not a thing. Um, They are going to respond to me different because I am familiar. But that's not to say that they won't respond to you. It's just to say that the, the goal should not be for a white teacher to mimic a black teacher. That's not what we're asking. Right. The goal right. is for a white teacher to find what respect looks like for that group of students and then cultivate a classroom and a culture around that. Um, but I don't think there's like this one size fits all plan of like a white teacher. Right. you are successful. Not at all. There's not black students aren't monolithic in that approach. And so we just have to be sure that like when we're going into it. You don't have to look like the kids to reach those kids, but you do have to figure out what respect is to those kids and go about it in that regard.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you talked about class, you talked about the difference between classroom management and classroom culture. Mm
1: -hmm. What's the difference? Mm -hmm. Um, Control. I think classroom Mm -hmm. management is rooted around nothing but control. um, And that's Almost the phrase of because I said so, because I said so exists in classroom management. (laughs) Because I told you to exist in classroom management. Classroom culture is when you're breaking down a mistake. Classroom culture is where collectively we're deciding what are our norms here. Classroom management is here's the rules that I came up with, and y'all are going to follow them. And so when we kind of go about classrooms with a classroom management approach, and you're wondering why you have so much friction, is because you're forcing them to follow a rule or a law that they never even agreed to or had a chance to agree to because it wasn't yeah, a yeah. Um. You know, the you might be running into a lot of turmoil because you're the only person who defined what disrespect is. And culturally, disrespect is very different. You know, in the white culture, you say what when you didn't hear something? Let me say what to my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know this is a fact. This is a fact. I can't say this is a fact to my, to my elders. You don't say it,
0: hey. or why?
1: Or why? You know
0: why but, am I doing? Why are you telling me to do that?
1: Yes, yes. Or the way that you know, um, for black students in particular, um, for my experience working with black kids, we're very um, animated, and so there are times where I'll say, "Go sit back down," and you do get a Oh my goodness! But if they go sit back down, where are you fighting that for? you have to know the culture and so I would say yeah the biggest thing with classroom management is that you want to have control and you really don't need a lot of control if you have their buy-in and that's what kind of culture does to the classroom
0: I love that thought that's that's you just taught me something yeah (laughs) I'm gonna take that with me yeah so in your um in your school you you said that you have about 65 percent African-American the other mm-hmm. thirty five would identify as white. Do you find yourself mm-hmm. mentoring or um, or do they do they come to you to say, "Hey, I see you did this. I want to try it or it didn't work for I tried it. It didn't work for me. Like do you find yourself in, in kind of a mentorship role uh, with white teachers helping them identify with the culture?
1: Absolutely. And I would say, a lot of that stemmed from the fact that I made uncomfortable conversations okay. Like I named, yes. like it's okay to not be sure. Like please come to me first before you go say this to a st- to a parent. Please, yeah, right, right, right. Let's practice this together before you call home. Um, I've I've yeah. been I've been so intentional about being a safe space for them to ask the questions that they're afraid to ask out loud because. And, yes. and I've gotten some really pure, innocent questions of them just really not knowing. Um, but, yeah, there are a lot of times that they do that, that we do have that relationship where they can say, hey, you mentioned something. I want to know more about that, um, you know, yeah. or, you know, um, a big thing that I, I, I tell teachers all the time. Of like, you have to make sure that I'm sorry is in your vocabulary in your classroom. So many times educators don't apologize and we're wrong often, <laughs> we are wrong. We we, yeah. we are emotional, you know, there are times where you had a bad morning so you are a little snippy, comment on that. I think the biggest issue that teachers make is not humanizing themselves in a way that's um, approachable. And so I think that, um, yeah. you know, like I said, I do, I do have a lot of teachers that come to me of like, you know, thank you for doing that. Or they respond so well to you. Why is that? And I say, it's not because I'm black. It's because I respect them. And I want you to stop saying that yeah. they respond to me well because I'm black. That's not true. Because I know black teachers who don't, who isn't getting a job done, to be clear, to be clear. Right, right.
0: right. There yes. are bad black teachers. <laughs> oh, yeah. There are black <laughs> Plenty of them.
1: Yes, there's plenty. There's plenty of bad black teachers. So we can't just like it's not just a blanket statement of if you're black, you have a shoe in. That is not true. But if you respect yeah. them and they know that, that's the sweet spot. That's the sweet spot.
0: Yeah. That's huge. Um, Yeah, that's huge. Uh, and I'm glad to hear that keyword safe space. Like you know, Even with this podcast, even with this platform, that's the key thing that I'm trying to create. Um, I did a workshop um, at a particular school, mm-hmm. um, and it was funny. I had two groups. First group, we went through this PowerPoint presentation. It was kind of, it was kind of dry. They watched it, and it was whatever. But the second mm-hmm. group, they was like, "Hey, we don't care about your presentation. We got questions." Yeah. I, I mean, they just went, they went in, they went for it, and it was so, um, it was safe, but it was so refreshing um, to, to to hear the questions. And like it it was genuine it was i'm really interested in this i i don't it was the admission of i don't know what i don't know
2: you
1: know and
0: so that was very cool that was very cool um
1: yeah that sounds great man
0: you said yeah you said so much um urban edu Mm -hmm. so you do instructional coaching so that, that's outside of, that's your thing. That's not anything to do with the school where you work or anything like that.
1: Right, so I kind of have like double duty. I, I, am, I am an instructional coach. Okay. So I work in my building, but then I also focus on instructional coaching with the Urban EDU. And the reason why that was something that I really wanted to push is because we look at just historically, like black students have lower test scores. in any. I can pull up any bit of data. I can Google it right now. We will find multiple sources that confirm that. And I'm tired of it yeah. because it's not that we're it's not that black kids aren't smart. And I don't want and, and it's sad because I. there are people who have concluded that black people just aren't as smart as their white counterparts. But I think yeah. if we, that's really easy to say. And I think if we dig a little bit deeper, are they not smart or have they had low expectations all through their Elementary, high school schooling to where they weren't prepared for college. You know, I think that the big thing for me with instructional coaching is that our job is not to lower the bar. Our job is to learn how they learn. And I think that yeah. with black kids, there are so many times where the bar gets way down here for what? Put that bar back up. Put the bar back up. Yeah. Do all you have to do to get them there. Um, so I'm just I'm just really sick of going in the classrooms and just seeing really lackluster just the instruction is so blah and I think that low
0: expectations
1: low expectations oh my god such low expectations because there are a lot of teachers who have already concluded that they can't even do it you know like I I asked um I was coaching somebody a white teacher and I said um you know I was in your room for 24 minutes and of that 24 minutes I only ever heard you talk like let's unpack that. Like what? What? Why is that a concern for me? Mm. And yeah. it took a second to get there. A couple prompting to just kind of get her of why that's a concern. Like why should I not only hear you talking? Um, and a lot of it was built into control. Teachers think that they have to have control of the room, and that's what why they do it. But another thing was that when I said, you know, maybe entering in a turn and talk or allowing um, someone to get up and share and then having them kind of bounce ideas off of each other the first thing that she said out of her mouth was oh i can't do stuff like that they can't handle it well there's a lot of things i couldn't handle at first (laughs) but teach me how to handle it you know what i'm saying like that's such a them how. teach them how to handle it teach them how to handle it you know i just so it's again even that's a low expectation i can't do a turn and talk because they can't handle it how dare you take away collaboration from a child It's just so it's like low expectation is not just not presenting a great project. Low expectation is just not exposing them to different opportunities because you don't think they can handle it. So really unpacking that. Can they not handle it or have you not taught them how? Because a lot of teachers issues they put on the student, but it's not on the student. It's not on the student. You haven't done a good enough job of setting the right foundation to where they can thrive and collaborate. So that's just an example that kind of came to mind. Which
0: actually goes back to classroom culture you get to, you get to dictate and create the culture yeah so if you teach them how to do that they'll do it
1: they'll do it absolutely absolutely and if you also let yourself you know be comfortable with being out of control that is okay I think so many teaching courses teach about management and control and control and control and control it's sometimes let, let it flow Sometimes let it flow, yeah. allow, allow the the instruction and the allow the, the lesson to kind of flow itself. Obviously, there's an objective there, but everything doesn't have to be so rigid. Um, and I think, yeah. think that you know black kids need this box to stay in and slant and raise your hand and walk in a straight line and hands behind your back, and just all these very problematic practices that is rooted in control.
0: Yeah. Wow. You are dope. <laughs> I mean, I knew that already, but yeah, this, this is, this is great. This is great. So where do you see, where do you see Urban EDU going? Is that something you want to get into full time? Like once you're out of the school uh, environment.
1: It is. I, um, I do, I see it. I see it being a resource to like all, you know, whether it be I'm at your school yeah. Or whether it be there's a course that you take online, or just using the website as a as a resource. But my goal is that the Urban yeah. ECU is a hub for questions to be answered that you're afraid to ask out loud. From that all the way down to lesson plans that are just just center innovation. So um, my goal is to just get to as many predominantly black schools and get them innovative. Like how can we? Yeah how can we be better? Um, you know, it's hard though, because I love my babies. I don't, I fell in love with the community right. and now. Um, but, you know, there's lots of communities that, you know, need this type of support. So ideally, yeah. you know, within the next three years, we'll be kind of taking off doing this full time. And hopefully I'm in a, in a school near you all and just, you know, pouring this work in however I can, because I think that we can't keep ignoring the obvious inequities in education because, here we are and things have not gotten better, you know? So it's time to kind of have those uncomfortable conversations and that's what the Urban EDU is, is striving to do.
0: How do you create safe spaces?
1: Hmm. That's a good question. I think, um, hmm. if I had to ask how do you create safe spaces? I think it starts off with um, being vulnerable yourself um, when I met with my when I met with my new teaching team last year, um, the first thing that I said was, "I'm coming to you with my experiences. Um, I'm not coming to you as an expert of anything. I'm coming." you with my experience as a black woman, as a, as a woman who only worked in urban schools, I I am bringing you this and and you are coming with your experiences as well. So the goal is to not ever invalidate anybody's experiences, but to kind of start there of like, this is what we're bringing here. (laughs) And together there's a vision of what we're going to do. I think it's also very clear to have a vision. Um, you're going to get uncomfortable with me. And that's okay. Like I'm I'm gonna name that. It's gonna get uncomfortable. I'm gonna say black a lot. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I name that. That's okay. Like, um, but again, being vulnerable, letting them know that I don't always have the answers, but I damn sure will work to get them for you. And I and I am not the only voice of the black community, but I can give you my lens of it. And so just naming that early, I think, is really helpful.
0: Thank you for that. I asked that on purpose because I needed help in creating safe spaces. So I needed an yeah. answer. That's, that's that's about to help me. That's good. Sure. That's so good.
1: Because, um, you know, yeah. where you're going to say something as a black man that another black man may have contradicted. So what you don't want to do is have yeah. people be like, well, who's right? Well, no, it's not necessarily about who's right. It's about what experience, what experiences did you guys yeah. have that led you here? And so I think that's so important yeah. to name that. I'm coming from you. I'm coming to you with my experience and my perspective, and yeah. you know, and yes. just create that that safety net if, if if ever we as the black community contradict one another.
0: Yeah, and I, I think there there are there are so many voices out there, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not saying any of them any of them are wrong, but it, there could be mixed messaging. You know what I mean? There, yeah. There's so many voices out there that are um advocating for different things but using their experiences you know as the foundation and we all um have to stay true to our experience but you know it yeah. could i don't know it, it could come off you know like a mixed message you know well it um, did
1: because i had a black educator challenge me the other day and, I'm, and i love that i love i love when someone points out um something that i may have said that was wrong but um, i had posted something on my instagram um, just a couple days ago, and somebody commented that I shouldn't be calling, I shouldn't be using the term field day. Never heard that before. I'm a black woman who said field day, never ever had the thought yeah. that that was language. I didn't know, but that black person was offended, like you know what I mean. And we had some dialogue around it, and it's okay to disagree, and it's okay to be at different points in the journey, you know. But I say, I bring yeah. that day. Here I am saying field day, field day, field day, field day all week. (laughs) And here's a black person saying field day is very oppressive. So if you sit that white person with both of us, they're going to look at me like, well, you're saying field day. And she said it was wrong. Well, that's okay because I'm just coming to you with my experiences in my experience. No one ever told me that that was oppressive language. In her experience, she's done research to where it is. And so even a small example like that of I got challenged this week alone. So it's not just that white teachers. are people that have to unlearn, Black teachers are, are unlearning all the time, too.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, in my 42 years of, li- of living, I've never heard field day being an, an oppressive term.
1: Me either. Me either. I actually try to do some research yeah. because I'm like, hold on now, you know, and which is another, <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't just take everything, from research it. I couldn't really find a lot of information. Yeah. In- aside from the fact that the term field can have a racist undertone. Um, But again, I say all that to say, like that is something that I would have sent a mixed message on that. Everybody's just learning and going through this journey at their own pace. So don't feel so behind more. So just be open and accepting. Like I didn't necessarily agree with her perspective, but I respected it and I made sure to acknowledge that too.
0: Yes. Yeah, I, and I was about to say, I, I think that's the key. I am I am 100% okay with the fact that everybody's not going to agree with everything I say. But let, let's have respectful conversations and dialogue around it and respectfully disagree. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And, and even with, like like you said, we're, we're going to say Black. And in my case, I'm going to say White. Like, yes. The name of this is, is very uh, intentional. Dear White Teacher, Like, and, and we can't be afraid. Um, of using those words and, and afraid of that dialogue
2: yeah
0: where do you see education going in the next few years that's a low especially especially okay so let, let me tame it down a little bit especially in regard to our, our black and brown students
1: you know I'm going to speak optimistic I'm gonna be a little bit optimistic here um I think there are a lot of Black educators, even you, this podcast, us, like what we're doing now, there is a lot of these Mm. conversations happening all over the place. Um, And so I am, I do feel as if the Black culture in regards to education has been ignited these past couple of years, almost like since the pandemic, we all kind of came together on Instagram and everybody's trying to do their part. Yeah. Um, And it's a beautiful beautiful thing to see the community just thriving and having these uncomfortable conversations and pushing towards it. So I think that in that regard, I think the awareness is going through the roof. Um, DEI is such a buzzword, but it's actually like humanity. Like it's a real thing that we're pushing towards. So I think that positively the right conversations are being had. But I am concerned that they're not being had in all of the white rooms. So I'll say that mm. to say, if you are a white teacher and you are comfortable with having these conversations around inequity and inclusion, but you're only comfortable with having those conversations with black people, you're kind of a part of the issue. We don't really need any help talking Mm -hmm. about them in our spaces. We got that down pat. What we do need you all to do is go holler at your uncle who keeps saying the N-word at Thanksgiving dinner and talk to them about why that's problematic. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that um, Mm -hmm. until more white people get comfortable with standing alone and being an ally in their spaces, we're going to kind of always kind of do this song and dance because... It's one thing for the black community to be pushing forward, but if we're running forward while there's a wall pushing us backwards, it's only so far we're gonna go. Yeah. And so I think that until more white people are ready to get uncomfortable with their white peers, I don't know how much further we will. We can go, yeah. That's a loaded question. I do hope too that uh, we get a little bit more innovative. Um, you know, I'm just. I was working with a school um, that's predominantly white. And I look at the clubs and things that they have and coding club and engineering and te- all these things that I don't see in Black
0: yeah.
1: Um And so we got to get yeah. better at that too. We got to make sure we're preparing them for what's next because all this AI and all that stuff, that's not my little house, but it could be. It could have been if somebody was yeah. into to it, you know? So um, yeah. I think we up, up the exposure, up the innovation and up the uncomfortable conversations in communities that it's not safe to do so. Like, there's a lot of ways that we, there's a lot of white teachers talking about this. Where it's safe, go do it. Where it's not as safe, and let's start. Let, yeah. Let's get down there.
0: This is random, but what's your what's your thoughts on the droves of teachers that are leaving the profession?
1: This is going to probably sound uh, surprising, but um, I'm happy that a teacher is leaving a profession when they feel that their time is up. I think that you do a lot of damage mm. when you stay in a classroom, and you don't know stay you're wrong. Don't stay too long. You're gonna damage yeah. your kid. Because I, I, I'm a mother, I think about. I don't want my child to go into a classroom where the teacher is burnt out. Please don't be there. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't yeah. be there because you're not. The, the level of education is not going to be. You know, so I think that if 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 it's run its course, go. I do think though that a lot of teachers walk away based on problems at that one schoolhouse, and they go, they don't go try other districts. So I would ask that if you feel mm. that it's really a passion of yours and it's a purpose of yours, don't leave the profession because you have a bad principal. You know what I mean? Try another school out. But if yeah. you into a couple of different schools and you know, like, a hey, being in the classroom is just my time is up, you should go. You should go because I think you do more damage than you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's huge. Um, it, it's a lot of teachers leaving. So I mean, I'm in a number of groups on on Facebook, and I see the different comments. They're they're leaving, um, due to uh, differences, difficulties with the administration. But a lot of them are leaving because of student behavior. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you know, these kids crazy a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know?
2: it's different.
0: They, they look different. This generation is a little different than, you know, probably when you and I were coming up, they're doing insane things that uh, <laughs> we would have never even tried. Mm-hmm. And sort of, um, yeah, so I, I, I get also it. also goes back to them
1: way. not understanding, though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're leaving because of yeah. student behaviors, you probably don't understand, especially if you're working in a black, like, if you're working in the urban setting and you're leaving because of student behaviors, you don't have a good understanding of what student behaviors are. Because nine times out of ten, the student is not, and I'm saying I said nine times out of ten because there is the you know there are the other cases. But there's that one. There's yeah. that one. But the majority of the time, a kid is not doing it on purpose to use. Like you know what I mean? It's not. It's nothing personal. Like it. And there's so many times. Personal. Of it. Yeah. Personal. Um. But it is different though. Like time. Times are different. And teaching is the only. Teaching is the only. Like I don't even know how I would describe it. Um entity that hasn't changed with the times like you know my husband's um Mm. they're very innovative with how they connect how they collaborate um the way they do different calls and things and education is the only field i know that is the exact same as it was 60 years ago why yeah (laughs) of course teachers are leaving we're not preparing them for this kid we're preparing them for the kid in nineteen seventy. You know, yeah. like it's crazy. It's really crazy when you think about it. Um, but you know, also that for that teacher too, who's like maybe on the fence, have you done enough to personally grow yourself, or have you only kind of been relying yeah. on your school? Because if you're not, if, well, clearly if they're on this podcast, they do care about getting better. But there are some teachers who don't, and who just kind of let themselves fizzle out. This this type of work, education, is communal work. You have to have people around you. To be able to talk and reflect and just vent to, honestly. And um, I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. there's a lot of layers to talk about the te- teachers leaving, but to my original point, that's not always a bad thing. Do yeah. you want a doctor doing a so surgery? That, that, you want to, want, want to be there? No. <laughs>
0: yeah, right, right. Now, that's a huge point, especially you take it from a, a parental uh, lens. Like, I, I, yeah, I don't want my kid in the classroom where the teacher doesn't want to be there or, you know, it's burnt out. So, yeah, yeah. All right, that makes. 100 percent sense um are we allowed to talk about columbia
1: yeah we can talk about columbia
0: <laughs> okay uh, tell, tell them what you're doing there.
1: so i um present i'm presenting on two different topics um so at columbia university they have what's called teachers college that is a accelerated program that gets teachers certified um, whether there are like new, you know, undergrad students who who are you know that age group, or people who are kind of switching careers, um, and so I'm doing two workshops. One is um, the session is titled "From Diverse Classrooms to Inclusive Classrooms," and then the other um, session is called "Creating Community," where we talk a little bit what I talked about earlier, just moving away from like management more to a culture. Um, and I think with, um, the first session that I'm doing from diverse classrooms to inclusive classrooms, um, just kind of pushing, like pushing us a little bit further. Like we hear like diversity, diversity, Mm -hmm. diversity, but like, it doesn't mean anything. If you have like a Hispanic woman and a black man in a room, but you're not acknowledging their experiences, that means nothing that they're there. So yeah. just kind of, kind of okay. So like, are right, we check the box of making sure there's black people in the room? But like, what do we do with them now that they're there? Yeah, that's kind of what we're gonna yeah. talk about in that yeah. regard. And then, like I said, yeah, talking about management and just high level instruction in the other one. So I'm excited. I'm excited.
0: That's huge. I, was, I just wanted to toot your horn on that real quick. That that's a, a huge accomplishment. So congratulations on that.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm excited. Just whatever God is throwing my way, I'm just trying to. Just do my part because the more conversations that we can have, the more children that will be impacted. You know, if there's ten kids, if there's hey, kids yep. in that room, that's ten classrooms that we're touching. So, you know, yeah, it's hard to be done for sure.
0: No, that's huge. A, hey, hey. I've learned a lot in this uh, thirty <laughs> to forty minutes. So you <laughs> taught me a few things that I'm going to take with me in my. And my journey is I try to make some impact, too. So, uh, man, I hate it. Um, So, yeah, we'll wrap up. Tell the people where they can find you, social media, Instagram, you know, all of that.
1: Yeah. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, my name is Jasmine Williams. I'm the founder of the Urban EDU. Um, I do a lot on Instagram, at the Urban EDU. and that is where we can stay connected. Um, when you head over to my Instagram, definitely join my emailing list. Um, you just get a lot of like freebies and just early access to my master classes and things like that. But um, yeah, this was wonderful, Brenda. I appreciate you. Thank you for the work that you're doing, too. You know, it takes um, not a lot of thank people willing to have a podcast, even with this title and do this work. But um, I think it's, it's so necessary for our children and our community. So thank you again for having me for sure.
0: Hey, thank thank you thank you for coming on thank you for bearing with me uh on our first virtual yeah. <laughs> attempt at getting this right and so it took us a little minute <laughs> oh, it, was great. it was great it was cool I appreciate it man thank you so much and uh we definitely have to stay connected because uh yeah, you, you can teach me more than a few things <laughs> i appreciate it
1: absolutely absolutely yeah thank you
0: All right. Th- thank you so much. Thank you to uh, everybody that listens. Another episode of Dear White Teacher in the Wrap. So we'll see you soon. Peace. Bye.